Blog Talk Radio. Uh, they're only allowing 
one media pass per outlet. So um, I decided to let him go out to the game today, and I'm going to going to cover it here from the home and I'm be live tweeting my man Brian Moss will be live tweeting as well you can go over to tigersportsreport.com your number one source for all your Memphis athletic news and information and join us on the message board we'll be uh over there on the message board as well so go over there and join us man sign up for the site we got special going on right now for 901 man for nine dollars and one cent a full year of exclusive tiger athletic premium content so go over to tigersportsreport.com check that all out Man, if you want to join me, you can hit me up at 917-889-9149. Again, that number is 917-889-9149. Man, call in with your thoughts. Man, but it's game day. Man, I, I didn't I, – honestly, uh, just being honest, I didn't think we would we would get to this day. Uh, it's been a crazy 2020, as we all know, with the pandemic. I honestly didn't think we'd have college football this fall. But, man, it's here. Uh, Memphis Tiger football is back. And I'm excited, man. Opening tonight against Arkansas State, 7 p.m. nationally televised game on ESPN. But the news of the week, man, uh, Kenneth Gamewell, uh, Memphis star running back Kenneth Gamewell, decided to opt out because of said pandemic. Um, he's going to be a big loss. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that, man. 1,459 yards on the ground, 2,069 all-purpose yards last year, and was kind of a was to do everything for this offense uh, last year. Just a guy that you can hand that ball off to and somebody to hit a home run um, at, at any given time. So I don't think you can replace Kim's game well production with one guy. I think it's going to be a, a team effort. And, and when you look at this running back room, the cover is definitely not bare. But the next man up uh, is going to be number two, sophomore. Uh, 26 rushes for 85 yards and a touchdown last season. Six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, looks like he's going to be the guy that's going to get first crack at those bell cow duties and then, as I said at 6 200 pounds he has the body that kind of kind of take that take that bruising the guy that be that every down back and I'm excited for for him to have this opportunity I, I think he's going to take it and run with it no pun intended I think he he has the ability to to step in I, like I said I'm not going to say he's going to be Kenneth Gainwell but I think he's ready for this opportunity and you kind of talk about that that running back room I mean you you got another guy and and Kylan Watkins uh, Richard Jr., 5'11", 170 pounds out of Whitehaven High School right here in Memphis. Uh, we got, got some production from him last year, 325 yards, three touchdowns, uh, 62 catches. Uh, also had a receiving touchdown. Uh, he's a guy that can can, can kind of do multiple things for you, get it done on the ground, can also do some things in the passing game. I think he's going to get an opportunity. Uh, Asa Martin uh, is another guy uh, at, at 5'11", 200 pounds, Richard, sophomore. Um we registered last year after coming over from, from Auburn. Um, he was actually the offensive scout team player of the year. Uh, the, the coaching scout staff raved about him throughout camp. Uh, so he's a guy that I think is going to get the opportunity. Those are the three guys at the top of the depth, depth chart right now. Um, is, is another kind of a scat back, 5'7", 172 pounds, redshirt sophomore. Um, he's, he's seen very limited action. Uh, but he set out last year. I think he, his freshman year he had a medical – I mean, not a medical, he had a, had a redshirt he played in couple games before he redshirted. So he, he's seen minimal action. Uh, but you look at this room, you also have Kylan Granberry, uh, Tim Taylor, uh, Mark Wavius Weaver, Corey Gainwell, Brandon Thomas. So a lot of options for this, this type of coaching staff to, to kind of fill those, that void of Kim Gainwell. But I think Dreek Clark is going to be the guy that's going to step in initially for those bell cow duties. I'm definitely going to be watching tonight uh, to very closely to see, see what he can do out there. But I, I'm confident in him. I think he – I think he's going to step up, and I think he's going to do really well 
uh, within his offense. Uh, but got Brady White, man, third year. Third year coming back under center, 4,014 yards, uh, passing in 33 touchdowns last season. Man, how can he, he build on that? That's one of the things I'm going to be watching. I, I think he's going to be in the conversation for AAC player, uh, AAC player of the year all year, offensive player of the year. I think he has that type of ability. And you kind of watch him uh, here in camp and, and, and the availabilities that he had. Uh, you can see – you've seen the maturation process of him over the last couple of years. Uh, he was a, a different guy. Uh, that, that first year he was a different guy last year, and you can kind of see his demeanor. He's even a different guy now. I think he feels like that veteran, feels like that leader in this locker room. I think I think the guys trust him. I think the guys respect him. Um, and I, I don't know if that was necessarily the case that first year after some tremendous quarterbacks uh, uh Riley Ferguson, uh, coming in behind Riley Ferguson, those were big shoes to fill. And, and I think he's ready in his third year, fifth-year senior, to really come in here and take ownership of this offense. Um, and, and, I mean, he's worked with these guys, him and DeMonte Coxie, that we're going to talk about in a minute. I have a great report. It's the third year uh, these guys have been together. Uh, so I, I expect Brady to have a, a monster year. I know the kind of knock on Brady has always been the arm strength. Can, can he stretch the field? But I think at times, we, especially later in the season, I think we saw him have more consistency um, in, in that area in the second half of the season. And the thing about, about this offense is with the tremendous playmakers that they have, you don't always have to throw the deep ball. Just when you when the opportunities arise, there are times you pick your spot. Um, I, I think you have tremendous playmakers on this team that allow you to get the yak yard. I mean, uh, your yards have to catch. Guys that can – you get the ball to them and they can make plays in space. And I think that helps Brady out a lot. I think having Sean Dykes back this year off a medical red shirt, I, I think it's going to help him to be that safety valve as well for him. So I expect a big year for Brady. I think, the, again, the only thing we need to see is more consistency on that deep ball. But, again, I don't think that deep ball has to be the main thing in this offense because there's so many so many weapons that they have and so many different things that they can do. Brady has the opportunity to pick his spot, especially with uh, the great offensive line play if they can continue that from last season. But you look at this wide receiver group, man, we all know what DeMonte Cosi can do coming back for his senior year. We're kind of surprised, man. I, I think most of us probably thought that he would – would, would test the NFL waters, man, but he decided to come back, um, and, and that's huge for this offense. I mean, 76 receptions, 1,276 yards, nine touchdowns last season for Coakley. I mean, he is a weapon uh, for Brady White and his Memphis offense. Um, I mean, he's he's one of the best in the conference, not in the, in the comp, not just in the conference, but in the country. Uh, I, DeMonte Coakley will be playing on Sundays one day, um, and he is a big-time player, and I, I'm – we are happy to have him back for his senior year because I, I think he's going to have expand on those numbers, expand on those numbers that he had last season, and with the connection that him and Brady White have, I, I think that's going to be fun to watch all day, all, all year long. But Kevin Austin the third, uh, redshirt junior, 17 catches for 315 yards and three touchdowns, man, dangerous as a punt return as well, man. Speed, speed, speed. Uh, when when it comes to Kevin Austin, and, and he's going to step in. Pop Williams uh, was got injured last season was and set out was supposed to be back this year, but he's actually away from the team right now for personal reasons. Uh, they haven't really expanded on those, on, on what that is, but he's not with the team right now. And the guy that's going to, I mean, the guy that's going to step up and fill that void is Todd Washington, uh, who I'm really excited about, but to go back to Calvin real quick, uh, we all know what Calvin can do. Uh, Calvin at speed, man, if you get him in the ball in space, man, he can take it to the house at any time. You know, he's a, uh, fantastic on a punt return uh but it, it seems like every season we 
whether it was back when Anthony Miller was wide receiver or was the, the Monte Coxie, we asked the question, who is going to be that second guy that can step up? Um, and last year was Antonio Gibson. Um, I think Todd Washington could be that guy this year. Uh, redshirt freshman, 5'11", 175 pounds. And I'm excited. He, the coaching staff raved throughout camp uh, on how he showed up, hard hat, lunch pail every day, ready to work, didn't take plays off, didn't take practices off. And he's earned that start nod uh, with, with Pop Williams being out. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on Todd tonight to see if he can be uh, another guy for Brady White in this offense. Can he be that second guy other than Coxie? Because, again, we know what, what Kevin Austin III can do. He's that speed guy. But can Todd Washington be that other guy that Brady White can really trust and build a rapport on within this offense? So I'm excited about Todd. I'll definitely be keeping a, a good eye on, a big eye on him tonight. Uh, Sean Dyke, uh, tremendous. Tremendous junior season, uh, played in four games last season, but took a medical red shirt. He's back for his fifth year, and I- I'm sure Brady White's all smiles uh, because of that, because Sean Dykes was an absolute weapon uh, for for this team. Um, and-, and I think he- he's going to be rested. I mean, he- he's back from the injury. Um, he's 100%. And, again, uh, that tight end is a- is- it can be that safety valve for a quarterback. And-, and, again, we know Sean Dykes, what he can do in the passing game. Um, he's a, a t- tremendous pass catcher, and he can make some plays out there, athletic. So I'm glad to see Sean Dice back. Cameron Wilson is going to be the backup tight end, redshirt, sophomore, two touchdowns last season. Uh, I expect him to be involved as well. Um, and, uh, another guy with some size and, and, and a guy that can – we saw with the two touchdowns last season, he can be a weapon for this offense when, when he's called upon. And I think he will be called upon even more this season, uh, being the main backup. So just excited about Cameron Wilson's prospects as well. Uh, but moving over to the offensive line, uh, Jim Bridge coming over from Duke takes over for now head coach Ryan Silverfield, uh, coaching the offensive line. Uh, he and Eric group that did a, a fantastic job of keeping Brady White upright last season. You know, you got a got a lot of experience uh, with, with this offensive line. You got three start three or five starters back. Uh, redshirt uh, junior Obina Ize at, at left tackle. Uh, redshirt sophomore Manuel Arona Lopez at center, and redshirt junior Dylan Parham at right tackle. You do have two new starters at the right guard position. Uh, Isaac Ellis on the left side and, and Evan Fields on the right side. And that's that's what I'm going to be looking for tonight. Uh, we, we, I talked about how this offensive line did a fantastic job last season of keeping <clears throat> excuse me, Brady up white. Uh, that you, you got to look at those. The, the, you got three of the five starters back, which I, I think is fantastic. But you got to keep an eye on those, those two guards, uh, Isaac Ellis, Ellis and Evan Fields are the two guys that are going to step in at right guard. Uh, they, and that's what I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Guys are going to be able to, to step in and do a fantastic job. But I think with Jim Britt taking over, um, hold on just one second here. Jim Britt, sorry about that, technical difficulties. Jim Britt stepping up uh, and taking over the offensive line duties. Uh, I think that's, that, that's going to be very important, especially with, with the loss of Gamewell. They're going to need that offensive line to really protect Brady and keep him upright. Because as long as if Brady is able to, to stand in the pocket and make throws, he's fantastic. Uh, when he kind of gets the problems, when he has to kind of get moving around in there, he's not the, the most mobile quarterback and kind of move around. Uh, but those two guards, uh, Evan Fields and Alex Ellis, are going to be two guys to keep an eye on. But we've got my man Brian Moss checking in right now on the phone line. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Brian, you there?
Hey, are you there? Yeah, I'm going through uh, the mountains of uh, New York, so I may cut in and uh, out, but I can hear you. Yeah, man, I was in the middle of talking about the offensive line, but, uh, I mean, I didn't – honestly, and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, honestly, man, I didn't think we'd see – I didn't think we'd see this day. I thought – I was surprised that I, I didn't think we – you asked me two months ago, I didn't think we'd have college football, man, but we're here, man. It's opening day, man. What What are your thoughts on – on the season and kind of all the, the craziness that went on and, and what went into this. Yeah, I always thought the season would happen. I just wasn't sure if it was going to happen in, you know, September, October, November, or, or if it was going to push to the spring. But I always thought football would happen. I just didn't know when it would happen. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely crazy. <laughs> you know, when uh, the, like, Big Ten and Pac-12, you know, were started canceling, I'm like, it's to me, it was too early to cancel because there's, yes, there's still a lot of unknowns, but I just, it didn't make sense to me because technology was, was starting to catch up with this thing. Now you, there's tests that, you know, you can find out in 15 minutes. So, you know, I just thought it was premature on their part, but yeah, here we are. Memphis is uh, ready to go. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm excited just like everybody else to finally have some type of normalcy in our lives. Definitely. And you kind of go back to, uh, the, the the Big Ten and the Pac-12. It, now, in hindsight, it does look like they kind of kind of jumped the gun because uh, there has been advancements with this thing. And from from what we've seen here early, I mean, it's extremely early, but you've had teams playing, and there really hasn't been many problems. So uh, I think they're they're kind of kind of going to be looking at in hindsight and, and kind of kicking themselves in that they jumped the gun on that decision. But the the biggest the biggest news of the week for Memphis is, uh, and I kind of talked about this earlier, but I'm gonna jump back into it. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell um, decided to to opt out of this season due to the pandemic and lost four family members to uh, to the virus. Uh, kind of, how surprised were you by that news, and and how big is that loss for Memphis? Yeah, I was a, a little bit surprised. Uh, of course, I didn't know, you know, that of course, because no one talked about it, um, that you know how many family members that had passed away, you know, in his family. And, you know, I'm also told that he's not the only player that has had a family member, you know, die of the virus. So, oh, you know, know it that. makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, why he would uh, want to step away. He doesn't want uh, to infect any more family members. I definitely understand it. I respect it. And I don't think anyone should question it. But you do have fans that are saying, yeah. well, his brother's playing. You know, if yeah. his brothers can play, you're saying his brother's not uh, scared. Of, I was like, it's, it's a totally different situation. You know, I think Kenny Gainwell, you know, has established himself. He can prepare for the NFL draft. But let's face it, they're still two different people. Me and my brother are two different people, and we can do two different things, and we can see the same topic two different ways. I mean, just because you're in the same family doesn't mean you think the same way or you're, you're going to do the same thing. So, yeah, I, I hate when fans starting to bring that up. But uh, it, to me, it's a big loss in the fact that it's Kenny Gainwell. I mean, you have that experience. But in another sense, it's not a big loss because the running back position is so well stocked. I mean, you, can go, four, five, yeah, you can go four or five deep and still have talent. So, you know, this time last year, no one heard of Kenny Gainwell because you had uh, Patrick Taylor. So, I mean, you fans have to remember that as well, that uh, Kenny Gainwell didn't start the season last year, but he definitely finished it. And 
now Rodriguez Clark has the opportunity to, to start it and make a name for himself. Um, I mean, he's a good shifty back like Gain. Well, I think, I think uh, Clark has a little bit more pop to him. Um, but yeah. you'll also see Asa Martin. What's this, you know, former four-star that went to Auburn? So what can he do? Yeah. Kyle Watkins, uh, Kyle I think, may be the best receiving, uh, has the best hands out of all of them, you know, uh, receiving out of the backfield. <clears throat> but, well, you know, Cam Fleming was another uh, good uh, three-star running back. I think he was from Texas, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think you'll see multiple running backs uh, today. And, I mean, not to say Arkansas State is a bad opponent by any stretch of imagination. I just think Memphis has so much talent that, uh, you know, in this game, their talent and their depth will overcome, and there'll be chances for Memphis to uh, throw in a bunch of younger players. Yeah, I know uh, Coach Timberfield kind of talked about it in one of his abilities last week uh, that you could see all these backs get touches uh, this week. Um, I think yeah. they just want to give these guys the opportunity, but to kind of go back to, to what you were saying and, and to expound on your point about Gainwell, yeah, a lot of fans kind of were kind of upset with him. And I think, I mean, you, you can't ever get upset when when a guy makes a decision for himself and his family and what he feels is the right thing to do. I mean, I, I had to talk to him, man, and, and good luck. I'm not upset with him at all. I mean, I understand you, I mean, you have four family members pass away from the virus. I mean, that's, that's amazing, man. And I, I understand the decision. Yeah. The timing of it was kind of kind of tough, but I, I'm not upset with him like a lot of a lot of fans were kind of upset with him for for kind of leaving the team like that. But I, I like I said, I think he has the right to make whatever decision he feels is right for himself and his family. And he made the decision, and and Coach Timberfield uh, gave him a thumbs up. I mean, they just have to move on. It's the next man up, and Dre Clark seems to be that guy. And at six oh, two hundred pounds, um, he definitely has the size to kind of kind of be that bell cow back. He was that in, in high school workhorse back. All, all down back. I, I think he's going to do a fantastic job. Like you said, this has been running back you lately here at Memphis, and they just like they're just making them in a factory here in Memphis. And every time another guy leaves or one more guy comes in, he ends up being a star. So we've seen that so two or three times here in a row. Um, and, and I think Tree Clark could be the next guy in line uh, for, for that kind of production. You talk about Asa Martin, uh, former Auburn commit. Uh, we can see what he's going to do. Uh, he's 5'11, 200 pounds, so he's kind of a, a workhorse back side as well. Uh, Colin Watkins is, is a guy who got some work last year. Um, his offense, 325 yards, three touchdowns on 62 carries. So he has a little bit of experience. He can, he's a guy that can do some things on the ground and the passing game, like you said. And, I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh, Cam Fleming, another guy, got back 5'7", 172 pounds. Haven't even mentioned Colin Granberry. you got Tim Taylor, Mark Avery yep. Weaver, Corey Gainwell, Brandon Thomas. Granberry was a JUCO All-American too, so yeah. I mean, there's definitely talent at this running back position. I mean, it's they're deep, definitely. Yeah, so definitely, definitely not a lack of options for this coaching staff. We'll see how they do. We might see a couple of those guys red shirts. We'll see what what happens with Corey and, and how that works out. But they're definitely a lot, a lot of talent there in the running back room. I mean, losing game well is big for. I mean, anytime you lose a guy that caliber. I mean, it's gonna, it's you're gonna feel it. But I mean, there's a lot of talent. And they have a lot of options to, 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 to in that running back room. Uh, but Brady White, man, back third year under center, man, fifth year senior, 4,014 yards passing, 33 touchdowns last season. Uh, the, the, the knock on him has always kind of been the arm strength and him, his inability to stretch the field. Uh, but I think we saw a little bit more consistency on that, especially in the second half of last year. And I think with the playmakers this team has, you, you don't have to be bombing down the field all game. 
I think he can pick his spot. Um, and you have guys in this offense that can maybe Kevin Austin in third is a guy you can if you get the ball to him in space, they can they can get the yak they can go yak, you know, yards out the catch and make plays um and, and stretch the field. So it's not like this is an offense where he needs to bomb down the field. Um I, I think a little bit more pressure might be on him without uh without game well, but but what are your thoughts on Brady White going into his third year on the center? I think it's fantastic. It was a uh, you know good move on his part, in my opinion, to come back and get that uh, you know another year of experience, uh, another year to prove what he can do. Uh, and yet, you know, I was one of the ones that was hardest on him about his arm strength, but uh, you know he is getting stronger. I mean, he showed that last year. And, and think about, it, I mean, with the way the rules are that uh, this year's eligibility, you know, he can come back for another year. I mean, yeah. that's, that's crazy to be here, you know, that long after graduating and transferring from Arizona State. But definitely a crazy time. But, yeah, I, he doesn't need to sling it downfield. Um, I think for him to have NFL aspirations, he may need to uh, show a little bit more of that arm strength. But for, for Memphis is, is concerned, he doesn't have to. Uh, they have the playmakers. They have the running backs. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see how Sean Dykes, you know, uh, comes into play because I, I would like yeah, to see Memphis use the uh, position more. Yeah, it, it's big to have Sean Dykes back. Uh, took a medical red shirt after a few games last season. Uh, I think he could be that safety valve for for Brady. Kind of when things break down, because we've seen. I mean, he had a tremendous junior year. Um, you expected a lot from him last season. Again, took that medical yep. red shirt. I'm sure Brady White is. A, Really excited to have him back in his offense because we know what he can do in a passing game. So it's good to have Sean Dice back as well. Cameron Wilson, uh, Cameron Wilson scored a couple touchdowns last season. I think he's going to his number is going to get called um, more this season as well. So I think both of those guys will will definitely be weapons for Brady White. But kind of looking at the wide receivers, uh, Demonte Coxey, another guy who most of us thought that he wouldn't be back. I mean, I was kind of surprised when he announced that he was coming back. I thought for sure he'd test NFL waters, but he's back, man, big time. 76 receptions, uh, 1,276 yards, nine touchdowns. I think one of the best receivers in the country. Definitely, we'll definitely see him playing on Sundays one day. Uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure, and have that combo of Brady White and and Demonte Coxey, which going back to the Cotton Bowl, we were kind of talking about could that be the last game for that duo, and have both of those back, both of those guys back is is big for this offense. Calvin Austin the third is another guy, man. Speed for days, really dangerous in the punt return game. He's another guy that you can get the ball to him, get him in space, he can make some plays for you. But the guy that I'm excited about, uh, we it seems like every season we kind of, whether you're going back to Anthony Miller or whether you're talking about Coxie, who's going to be that, that second guy to step up? Uh, Antonio Gibson was the guy that kind of stepped up last season. Uh, Todd Washington is a guy who's, who's kind of emerged with Pop Williams being away from the team. Uh, the coaching staff kind of talked about how he brought his hard head, lunch pail every day, didn't take plays off, didn't take practices off. Man, he's going to get the start tonight, man. Redshirt freshman, 5'11", 175 pounds, and I'm interested to see what what he going to do, what he can do. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on him for sure. Yeah, Washington and, and Ivory are, are the two that I got my eyes on to see if they can, uh, you know, step up. And you know, the camaraderie that they have with uh, Brady White, it's I mean, it's going to be a fun uh, fun season. Uh, I don't think they're going to miss a beat at all. It should be another, you know, exciting season for for all those guys and. And Brady White, he's he's getting close to uh, Wimprine's records, and uh, as long as as long as there's a good season, I, I think as long as he has an average season, he's going to have some Memphis records. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I've, I've been on a couple of shows this week, and, and a lot of people ask me what's the transition with the coaching staff. You have five new coaches hired from outside the program. Do and, and Ryan Simplefield take it over? Do I really think this offense can be as explosive and dynamic, especially after the loss of Genwells, as it's been the last couple of years? And I told them I do. I really do think this offense. I, I, I think the continuity of, of keeping uh, Johns and, and Simplefield on the staff. I, I think this offense will still be able to roll. Um, I, I think. There's just so much talent, and you have that the main two guys in, in Brady White and, and, and Coakley still there. I, I think that's big. Um, and, again, having that continuity with Johns and Timberfield still on the staff, I think this offense will be able to pick yeah. up kind of where they left off last, last season. Uh, but moving on and to John, the offensive line. Go, uh, well, go ahead. Real quick, uh, for, uh, on John, real quick on Johns, this will be the first time that uh, it, it's going to be his baby. He gets the call to place. I mean, yeah. last year he wasn't the play caller because of Norvell, and when he was at Texas Norvell, Tech, yeah. he wasn't the play caller because of Clinsbury. So this is really his, his – it's going to be his, his breakout year. This is where I think he's going to shine because he has all the he, – he takes that experience from Clinsbury and Norvell, and now he gets to add a little twist to it, uh, his own little touch. Uh, I say this Memphis offense is going to be great. Yeah, that, that's definitely something I'm going to watch uh, to see those guys put their stamp on it. I think you'll see – some of the same, some some carryover from from some things that they did on the Norvell, but it'd be interested to see John's really really put his step on it because now, like you said, this is his baby, this is his car, and I'm going to be interested to see what new wrinkles and what what new things we might see out there tonight. But moving over to the offensive line, Jim Bridge uh, comes over from Duke, taking over for now head coach Ryan Silverfield coaching the offensive line. Offensive line did a fantastic job of keeping Brady White Brady Wright White upright last year. Uh, you got three starters back. You do have two new starters at both guard positions, Isaac Ellis and, and uh, Evan Fields. Isaac Ellis, Evan Ellis on the left side and Evan Fields on the right side. Um, that's, those are the two guys that I'm going to be watching along this offensive line tonight. But you got Obina Ize back. You got uh, Dylan Parham and Manuel Rona Lopez back. Those are the three starters back. And you got the two new guards started. What, what are your thoughts on this offensive line and, and Evan Fields and Isaac Ellis? Yeah, and then there's, there's, there's two guys that – has some game experience. So while they may be new starters, they, they have some experience underneath their belt. So it's not going to be day one privates out there or, you know, or like true freshmen. I mean, they have some experience. Yeah. What What is the field? Is he a redshirt? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a red, redshirt sophomore. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely has some, some playing time underneath his belt. You know, and, and they're on the inside. Uh, so, I mean, Obina Ize, I think this is his time to shine. I mean, he, every year that kid gets getting better and better. Yeah. Um, you know, Dylan Parham is a big uh, on a couple of watch lists. So, I mean, there's a lot of experience. Arona Lopez uh, had a great year last year. So, with, when you have those three experienced linemen helping out the, the younger ones who already have experience themselves, you know, I, you know, if there is a weak point on the offense, it would be the offensive line, but – you know, I wouldn't yeah. say it's overall; it's it's a weakness. So it's just it's the the weaker of, of you know everything on offense, all the positions. But still, I think they're going to have uh, you know uh, you know a decent year. They have a great opportunity to go against uh, you know a senior laden defensive line in Arkansas State. So definitely a good matchup, and you want to see them dominate early. And you know we'll we'll find out within the first you know couple of series of what type of offensive line this is going to be. Yeah, and, and kind of to your point there, if, if the offensive line, that tells you how dynamic and how talented this offense is. If we're talking about that being a weakness, because I don't really think it is. I think 
Fields and, and Ellis to step in and do a fantastic job, like you said, because they, they played minutes last year. It wasn't like either brand-new freshmen or guys that haven't played. Uh, so I think this offensive line do just fine. But, again, if you had to pick something on offense, I agree that would be the weakness. But I, I really don't think it's a weakness, especially when you got a guy like, I mean, Dylan Parham, I think is going to play in the NFL uh, next year. I think he's the NFL yeah. lineman. So, I mean, they, they're extremely talented um, coming back with the offensive line. Uh, Mike, Mike McIntyre, uh, big-time hire for defensive coordinator, man. I, I when, when they made that hire, man, I went jump for joy, man. I think that's a fantastic hire by Coach Silverfield. Uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on Mike McIntyre coming over to coach the defense? Yeah, no, I think that was a home run hire for Coach Silverfield. Uh, you know, being that, uh, you know, Silverfield is, you know, is, is his first head coaching job, and Mike McIntyre has been a head coach before, so he has, you know, some of that experience that, that he can rely on. But, uh, you know, and they have the, the tools on defense. Uh, the Memphis defense is stacked. Uh, got plenty of experience, and you're going to see a multiple defense. I mean, I know they'll probably start out in a 3-4, but, uh, you know, there's going to be time. Uh, Coach McIntyre said there'll be times when they'll have four down linemen. So, I mean, they're not going to be tied down to one particular system. They're going to be adaptable. And uh, they've really gone after the offense, uh, according to the coaches, in the fall camp and so far in practices. So, to me, if, if Memphis is going to repeat as conference champions, it's going to be because of the defense. Uh, the defense, you know, has to step up uh, and and be more aggressive, in my opinion, than they did last year. Uh, they had, you know, at some spots last year, it looks like they, you know, they were gassed. I don't think you'll yeah. see that this year under Coach McIntyre. Yeah, man, I, I get I, I agree with you, home run higher. Um, and, and there were at times that it, it, it seems like they, they were gassed. They played fantastic at times. I mean, we saw some games that, what was that, second game of the season, I think, early. The old, they played really well. It was at the Ole Miss game last year. They played really well. I know a couple games there early. Yeah. Uh, some games they didn't didn't play as well, but I mean the, the depth is there, man. Talented, uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch this defense under Mike McIntyre. I think they will be more aggressive. You kind of look at the depth chart here. You do lose uh, Big John Tate uh, for the season. Had uh, off season surgery. He's going to be out this year, but Mars Joseph is going to step in at that end position. Six two, two hundred seventy five pounds, junior who. Shown some flashes. I think he's a guy that's really talented. And I think he's poised for a big year. I think he could be a breakout year. My other guy is Jaleel Clemens uh, at the uh, at the uh, what do they call it there? The will position. I think he's going to be a breakout star as well. I kind of talked about that in an article I wrote over at TigerSportsReport.com this week. Uh, but him and Joseph are two guys that I think could be breakout guys for this team. Uh, we got at O'Brien Goodson back at nose tackle, the senior. I mean, just a lot of experience. Yep. Other end, Joe Dorsey is another senior. And these linebackers, man, Mike Linebacker, J.J. Russell, senior. You got Tim Hart backing him up as a senior. Xavier Cullen, uh, Redshirt Jr., Thomas Pickens, Redshirt Senior. I mean, just all upperclassmen and just so much depth there uh, on the line and, and with these linebackers. Uh, to kind of talk about this group overall and, and what do you think their prospects are? No, that's just going to be great. I, I want to see O'Brien Goodson take, you know, take that next step. Um, you know, he has all the tools to be, you know, one of Memphis's best defensive linemen. Uh, it just it just hasn't put it together just yet. Um, but I think he can dominate this year. I mean, he put his mind to it uh, and stay healthy. I think this kid can uh, really dominate. The, the linebackers, I mean, just just like the running back position, the linebackers are stacked. Um, nice. You know, to Loaded. me, the question, the question mark of the uh, Memphis defense would be, you know, you know, 
secondary or, or specifically yeah. cornerbacks behind C.J. Carter. And, yeah, you, just, you want – you, if it, hopefully there's no injuries, but if there's going to be an injury, you don't you don't want it, uh, you know, on the quarterbacks uh, or corners. Uh, no. So, you know, the defense I, I think will be better. Uh, I think they're going to be more aggressive, especially if they get out early. If they get set the tone early, uh, that's just going to benefit them for later in the uh, game and later in the year. Definitely, definitely. Um, excuse me. I think the secondary because it's kind of been the question mark of this defense going in over the last couple of years. Um, uh, T.J. Carter kind of started off slow last season, but by the end of the season, he looked like the, the T.J. Carter we had learned and lo- know and love. Uh, and, and he's coming back for his senior year, and, and I've kind of heard, heard his comments. I think he's poised for a big year. I think he's ready to go, so I'm going to be excited to watch him. Got Jacoby Francis over at the other cornerback spot. Again, experience, man, another redshirt senior. Uh, yep. the, free, the free safety, Quindell Johnson is a guy that I think has a lot of potential. He's coming back. He's redshirt sophomore. I think he has some potential to grow. A uh, guy that can have some length and really go out there and thump you. Uh, so I'm excited about him. Uh, Sanchez Blake, redshirt junior. You got Tyrese Lindsey, redshirt senior. Go ahead. No, I said, and, uh, he showed flashes last year, Johnson, of what he can yeah, do. He, uh, he really did. Starter, I think. I think you know by the end of the season, he he might just be the star of the defense. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I love I love his length um, at six one, about two hundred ten pounds. I mean, he has great size, and I think he's going to be a guy. I think he's a, the type of guy that could develop into an NFL prospect. I think uh, when uh, when Mike McIntyre and these guys when work with him a couple more years, I think he could be there. But he definitely showed some flashes last year, and I'm excited about him. But kind of got to run out of time here. I want to talk about Arkansas State a little bit, man. Blake Anderson brings his red wolves uh, over here to take on the Tigers. And a lot of respect for him, man. I think he's a Fantastic coach and even better person, man. Yeah. Tough, tough year what he had to deal with last year, man, to be able to to go through that, man. I I got a lot of respect for him. Uh, but you you did a Q and A with uh, Red Wolves report publisher Luke Madison. Um, he expects we'll see two quarterbacks tonight. Uh, Junior Logan Bonner uh, will get the start. Uh, he threw ten t- touchdown passes in four games last season before his season was. I think he broke his hand last year. Alabama transfer Lane Hacker uh, stepped in and threw for two thousand nine hundred forty six yards and 27 touchdowns, earning Sunbelt Freshman of the Year. So both of these guys can play. Uh, I mean, you got a guy that's your backup. Hatcher's going to be your backup uh, tonight. Had a big year last year after Barnard went down, and the guy that came over from Alabama. So you know he has talent. Uh, but I think we're going to see both of these guys tonight, and both of these guys can play. So that's going to be something Memphis is going to have to prepare for. Uh, you never know how much you're going to see of each one of these guys, but both of these guys can play for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a great test for the Memphis defense. I mean, like I said, uh, we'll find out early, you know, what they can do. And, you know, as far as the, the whole game, I, I mean, maybe a little bit sloppy in the beginning. Um, you know, first game for both. You, neither team had, a you know, a chance for a spring practice, and it's a shortened fall camp. So, uh, you know, I expect some mistakes. But this Arkansas State team is good enough to beat Memphis if Memphis is not at their best. So, they, I mean, they can't, overlook our, yeah, they can't overlook Arkansas State. Uh, they're definitely good enough. Uh, you know, just my personal opinion, I, I think Memphis, again, it just has too much depth and will eventually wear out Arkansas State. Yeah, I, I agree. But when you, I think I think this is a great game, uh, a test for this defense, because Arkansas State, I mean, we just talked about the two quarterbacks. They can put some pressure on, on your defense and stretch you out. Uh, and it's going to be a challenge for the secondary, and I, I think it's a good thing to kind of have this early uh, before you kind of get into conference play. But – I talked about, man, they got big playability at wide receiver. 
6'3", 220-pound senior, Dunton Adams Jr., who's a first-team all-Sun Belt preseason selection. Um, he's a guy, 851 yards, five touchdowns. And they have another guy, 6'5", wide receiver, senior, Dayu Green, uh, former Oklahoma commit, who he's, he's been injured for like – he's really never played. I think this is about his third, his third year, and he's really never played. He was originally at Oklahoma, but they expect big things out of him. He's been hurt for, for a couple of years. But 6'5", man, that, that's some – some big size out there to wide receivers. So him and Adams, you got six two six five. That's going to be interesting to watch this Memphis secondary uh, go up against uh, their running back. Uh, this dynamic as well, a guy who's kind of a home run hitter, five eleven hundred ninety seven pound junior Marcel Murray. Now there's word that he could miss tonight's game with a leg injury. He's questionable, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. And I think that would be a pretty big loss for the Red Wolves if he's not able to go. Um, I saw that earlier today, so that'll be something to watch. But Again, man, I, I think this is a good matchup for Memphis. I, I like that they have uh, those two big wide receivers and, and, and two good quarterbacks that can kind of uh, put some pressure on this Memphis defense and see how they respond here early in the first game. Um, I agree with you. I think it could be sloppy earlier with not missing a lot of the, the offseason stuff and, and, and not having all, all the time that they would normally have. But, um, again, I think Memphis, in the end, like you said, too much depth, just uh, too much talent. I think they'll wear Arkansas State down. And I think Memphis, the last time I checked, the 18.5-point favorite. Uh, for for tonight's game, uh, but uh, look look at that. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to to make these predictions on, on the first game when you haven't seen seen these teams play. Uh, but my prediction, uh, I'm gonna go Memphis 45, Arkansas State 27. Yeah, I'm, I'm close in that range. I have Memphis winning 40 to 24, and then you know I think it would be. Clo- I wouldn't be surprised if it's close in the first quarter, even close in, in the first half. You know, Memphis could be ahead, you know, maybe three to ten points at the half. But by the end of it, I, you know, that depth and talent that Memphis has, I think that's where they'll pull away. And hopefully, you know, for Memphis fans, it'll be, you know, uh, they'll they'll have a good, you know, three, four touchdown lead at the half so that way they can see, you know, some of the younger players. And, you know, yeah, that, that's really yeah. what you want to see because, I mean, let's face it, uh, if, if someone gets uh, the coronavirus or if there's an injury or something like that, they're going to be pulled away from the from the team, and you, you need that experience. You need that game time experience, and you know from the younger ones. So we'll see. We'll definitely see yeah. what happens. But the, I, yeah, I, I really do think that Memphis will definitely pull away, and you'll see you'll see the second, third string come in. You know, third, fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, just talk about the coronavirus. Kind of watching this Texas State um, SMU game. Brady McBride is looking looking good out there, making moving around in the pocket and making some plays. They actually came into the game with no tight ends because their tight end room was ravaged by the, the coronavirus, so they didn't have any tight ends for this game. Uh, so that's something that could, could happen. So you, you want to see as many guys as you can. Uh, I agree with you. If they have a big lead at halftime, especially you like to see some of these running backs because uh, there's so many of these guys and get out there and see what they can do. Because, uh, again, I think replacing Gamewell is going to be by committee. I, I think Dreek is going to be that guy. But if you can find some of these other guys that can kind of take some pressure off him, that – Definitely, definitely would be a good thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, man. Again, I, I, I really didn't think we would we get to this day, man. But we're here. Tiger football is, is back, and I'm, I'm excited again. I think this is a really good game. The way that uh, Arkansas State plays offense, a team that can be explosive. I think it's going to really give this uh, defense, Memphis defense, a, a, a pretty good test because they can stretch you out. So I'm glad they're getting this opportunity here early and see what they do tonight. And I think it'll really help them going forward. Uh, into the season and into conference play, man. Any any final thoughts? 
I just hope that the Big Ten and Pac-12 uh, continue to stay out because if, <laughs> by chance, uh, an American conference team goes undefeated, this would be the year that uh, they can slip into that college football playoff. Now, do I think that will happen? No, because I think the American is just too good, and they, they're going to beat each other up. So, yeah. but will a one-loss ACC, I mean AAC team, get in there? I don't think so. I think because of the mindset of the you know people on the Power Five, I think someone from the American would have to go undefeated. But if they do, this this would be the year that uh, they can sneak in there and maybe get some love in the in the polls to get them in that uh, top four. We'll see, though. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was a man, great, great thought, man. Um, yeah, I think this would definitely be the year if it could happen. I didn't think it would ever be a situation, but if there was ever a situation for it to happen, this would be the year. I, I agree with you, though. I think it's going to be tough, especially in this weird year. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to go undefeated. But, hey, man, uh, opportunities out there, man. How crazy would that be, man, if Vipers ended up in a college football playoff, man? Something that I never thought I'd see, but there's opportunity there. I know Memphis is picked third in the AAC uh, preseason poll, I, I would probably, if Gainwell hadn't uh, left the team, I would probably have more of a problem with that. I mean, Brady White kind of said it the other day that they kind of get disrespected yeah. all the time, and those are just preseason prognostications that they don't mean anything, and he's right. I mean, the, the games are won on the field. Nobody has ever won a game by making a preseason prognostication. So uh, it's going to be fun, man. I, I'm excited that Tiger football is back. Um, kind of, a, again, a, a extremely weird year, man, bye week and week two, man, all kind of kind of weird stuff going on here, man, but it, it's going to be fun. Hopefully everyone can, can kind of kind of dodge the virus, man, and we, we get this thing played all the way through, man. It should be fun, but glad to be back here on TSR Live, man. It's going to be a big game tonight, big stage for Memphis, uh, nationally televised on ESPN, and it should be a good game, man. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join me. We'll be uh, live tweeting throughout the game. You can go over to TigerSportsReport.com, be over on the message board, go over and check that out. We got all kind of great content about today's game. Uh, over there on the site. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. You can follow Brian at Rivals BMOS, R-I-V-A-L-S, the letter B-M-O-S-S. Again, we'll be active throughout the game. And so, Brian, enjoy the game. And, and, and as we always say, go Tigers, go. Have a good one.
me, don't you be a me Thought you wanted me to go, why you tryna keep me teeny? I hit the dreamy, wasted it on the teeny I got fans finally, and you wanted them to see me I, I thought you wanted for my life, for my life Said you wanted to see me thrive, you lied just To be a mini, thought you wanted me to go. Why you tryna keep me teeny now? Now they need me, number one on screen. You know, yeah, you used to love me, so what happened? What's the meaning? I, I thought you wanted for my life, for my life. Said you wanted to see me die. You lied. Now when it's all done, I get the upper hand. And I need a big bitch, not another fan, but I. I need a sit down, don't mean to make demands, but I 